Mass is a raw and gripping drama that explores the grief and humanity of four people connecting in one room in the wake of tragic events. BAFTA nominated for her brilliant role in the film, here is Anne Dowd. It all came from the actors in front of me, from the words we were given, and also from that extraordinary character. And it was clear to me early on that she understood and would take the lead in places I did not understand. And so the journey was to take my hands off the controls and allow her to speak for herself. And I cannot imagine a more profound and extraordinary privilege than that. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith, and this episode is in partnership with Sky Cinema. Written and directed by Fran Kranz, the affecting film Mass stars Martha Plimpton, Jason Isaacs, Anne Dowd and Reed Burney, who play two couples who meet for a conversation in a church in the aftermath of an unimaginable tragedy. The room's okay? Oh, no, no, put it in the center. It looks freaky. I'm sorry, of course. What are these? That was a school project. It's supposed to be stained glass. Is there something wrong? I don't know if I can do it. Richard, Linda, this is Jay and Gail Perry. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. We want to listen and we want to heal. What would you like to know? Everything. I want to know everything. Why? Why do I want to know about your son? Because he killed mine. How far back would you like to go? Wherever you need. Because I can tell you everything. But there's so much that no one will ever know. I know what happened. No, you do not know how my son died. You do not know. Maybe this is the right way to say goodbye. Firstly, to review the film, I'm joined by BBC film critic Rihanna Dillon. Rihanna, welcome back to Girls on Film. Thank you so much for having me back. It is always a great pleasure. I think we were in Belfast when we last had you on the show. Yes, which was so much fun. What a joy that was. Really enjoyed that weekend. It was great, great fun. Uh, We're going to talk about something rather serious today. It's a very, very powerful film. I was knocked for six by this film, Mass, and I know that you were moved by it too. Could you describe the setup of the film for listeners? So I, I, I want to be really careful because I know actually going into this with almost like the less that you know about this film the better so it is about two couples that meet in a church hall to discuss a really tragic event that happened a few years earlier and it's the first time really that they've been able to meet and talk about it in person um they're 
are so many emotions that are running really, really high. And we just see, like, I suppose the whole spectrum of what a human can feel almost in the two hours that we're watching Mass. Yes, incredible performances all round as well. It's such an immersive film, isn't it? I just found myself absolutely riveted Mm -hmm. watching this, you know, because number one, you believe in every single character 100%. And number two, as you say, that there are so many thorny issues that they're discussing and no easy answers. Again, without spoilers, but coming out of this, what was your kind of emotional response to it? Do you know what? I did wonder if being a Brit, if I would have had a different response response to those watching in America because I feel like the experiences that these parents have gone through is something that we all hear about a lot and we can really empathize with but it's not necessarily something where we know firsthand what that might be like to experience and I think in America it would be something that's slightly closer to home so that was one of my my first takeaways the other one was that I just hadn't and this is you know quite an awful confession but I am a person that sometimes looks at my phone if I I'm watching a film from my sofa and not once did I want to go anywhere near my phone in this. It was so unbelievably absorbing, as you say. And I think that was down to the sheer simplicity of it. They weren't trying to make anything flashy. We didn't have flashbacks. It just painted a picture so beautifully just with the words. And I think that was something really, really special. It was like going to the theatre. Yes, there's something quite theatrical about it, isn't there? But I think also even to see it on the big screen as well would be rewarding because I also saw it at home but just because the expressions on these actors faces Mm. just speak volumes I mean four amazing performances I love seeing Martha Plimpton who I'll always remember from the Goonies in this and I thought she was fantastic and her and Jason Isaacs together as a couple really worked for me what did you think of those two yes I really like them because Martha Plimpton I know from The Good Wife so slightly later Ah. role for her she's quite steely in that and Jason Isaacs you know he's he always turns up he's always a, a brilliant actor I think seeing them together and the like the fact that this event was still so raw and painful to talk about to to the point that they struggled to even walk in the door at the beginning I think just it just showed so much of how how they were having to just cope and live with this event for for so long you really believed in that relationship you believed in that marriage they knew each other inside out they knew when one was going to go off on one or you know kind of they knew when to reel the other one back all of that sort of balance is something that you think it must have taken so long to rehearse and nail that because it did feel so authentic and so natural. Where is your regret? That's what we want to see, right? Where is your regret? I regret everything. The worst outcome imaginable happened. Any change I might have made could have resulted in a different outcome. I regret everything. How can you be so matter of fact? How else can I be? Uh, The way you can just talk about it so, so... But we decided against litigation. But it doesn't mean that we don't... We don't want to see you in pain. We want to see you punished. We want to see that you hurt. Like everyone else. Like everyone else. Like you. Now, the other couple, they've gone through a great deal and their probably psychological challenge is, is particularly complex. So you need two amazing actors here. 
Now, Reed Burney, who I'd most recently seen in Succession, but were you very familiar with Reed Burney? No, no, I wasn't. Yeah. And I actually, I think it was so to the benefit of the film that these aren't all recognisable household names, um, but especially Reed Burney. And also you got the impression, right, it was alluded to that this couple were no longer together. So you have a different dynamic there where they still have been through so much together and are still presenting as a unit, but have also separated because of this tragedy. Yes, it was very non-judgmental of that. And it wasn't like one of those cliches of a bickering couple who'd split up. It was a couple who'd split up for very, very complicated reasons and still had a great deal of love for one another. And so there's a lot of compassion in their performances. But let's come to our special guest today, who is Anne Dowd, who is nominated for Supporting Actress at the BAFTA Film Awards. My goodness, how incredible is she in this? Oh my God, she absolutely blew me away. And actually, Anne Dowd is the one that you always recognise the most, thanks to The Leftovers or The Handmaid's Tale, where she is just so frightening as Aunt Lydia. She she almost feels a bit like an earth mother in this. She wears quite hippie clothing. Her hair is very long. She's very gentle. And yet she's having to speak about something that is It's just, you know, no mother should have to go through what either of these mothers have gone through. But also she talks about it with a lot of grace and a lot of thought and a lot of sorrow and empathy. And you could tell that this was something that she was she was maybe less frightened of the sort of lawyer aspect than the husband was because there was all this stuff about we weren't allowed to do this we weren't allowed to say that and you just felt like Anne Dowd's character was I think her name's Linda was was just like actually let's just cut that crap we can just talk woman to woman here I want to hear about your child I want to tell you about mine and I thought that was really beautiful and cut through and it's, it's one of those conversations we've always wondered about we never see these sorts of conversations happen and yet we know that they must and so it felt incredibly sort of like curtain lifting to see how that goes down and I think Anne Dowd brought so much humanity to the role. I'm so pleased she's been nominated for this because she is one of the finest actresses out there, I think, in this performance. As you say, so different to a lot of what she's done before. She was fantastic. We really did think he was turning things around. We had plans for the summer and college. (sighs) We were told that once... Once someone decides their fate, they do find some happiness. They can even appear euphoric. Those, those last few months, we, we were happy. He checked off homicidal thoughts. His therapist said that was normal. Normal? For a young man to be angry. Why ask the question if you choose to ignore it? Your neighbor called the police. He called us, not the police, about a year before. That was a bad night. We would try to calm him down, minimize whatever it was that was bothering him. I think that, in the end, may have only intensified his feelings. He could be frightening. He would get frustrated easily. Frustrated with things he couldn't figure out and that would... Embarrass him. Yes, and it was always hard for him to ask for help. But eventually he just stopped asking entirely. 
I also really enjoyed the character of the woman who was sort of setting up the room in the church, um, Judy, played by Breeder Wool, where there's actually a little bit of surprising dark humour mm-hmm. in here. But she kind of sets up the room and she kind of touches on what I think you, you just pointed out is that we're all thinking there's a curiosity, isn't there, mm-hmm. about what these four people would talk about after such a terrible event. She is obviously curious, but obviously incredibly well-meaning and trying to set the place up as nice as possible, but maybe asking slightly awkward questions and feeling very uncomfortable. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, the setup of this was so funny, wasn't it? Because I just had no idea what we were going into. And yeah, setting up this hall, where the placement of the table, where the tissues were going to go. And, you know, it's like it's bordering on the absurd. But then, of course, it all comes into play later on. It was really, really clever and really funny. And again, it just gives you an insight into this little church hall dynamic because she's also bossing around this younger lad that's also quite curious about it and you know there's like a whole other story going on there that we will never find out about but I really enjoyed that it hinted that this wasn't so insular as just these four people's stories and the ripple effects that this actually created. Yeah I'd love to see a spin-off with just with her <laughs> bossing everyone around that church hall and being a bit of a busybody and yeah. um, but a lovely woman it was just yeah it was great. Now, Rihanna, this made us laugh occasionally, but um, did you cry? Do you know what? I was expecting to cry a lot more, and I did cry. I did cry. Um, But it didn't feel like that's what this was about. You know, there are some films that you know are just geared to try and make the audience sob as much as possible. And this didn't feel like that. I just think it was just so well-crafted. It was so much about the words and so much about the expressions, like you said. And the fact that we aren't looking at these men and women who are beautifully made up. or You know, everyone looked haggard and exhausted and, like, the toll had really you know, you could really see it on their faces. And that was more moving, but it didn't necessarily make you cry. Yeah, I love that it wasn't kind of trying to tug on the no. heartstrings, you know, the violins coming in at a moment where you go, okay, now we mm-hmm. cry. It was just, it would overall incredibly moving experience. I'm pretty sure I did cry, but yeah, it was more of a, just the sense of empathy and thought that was provoked throughout the way that it was making you think about what would I do in this situation which I think was a is a very important part of this film is to get you interrogating your own sort of moral compass and your own responses and the answers are not straightforward at all you mentioned a little bit about motherhood Mm. and also I like what you said about the fact that they all look normal including the women for me that's always refreshing as a feminist to see women just looking like normal people on screen and you know age-appropriate couples also Is there anything else in this which you would say ties into what we discuss about in Girls on Film in terms of being actually feminist? I'd never felt like there was any sense of blame or the fact that one parent was closer to the child than the other. Each had their own relationship to the child and it didn't feel like, oh, the mother did the majority of the work with the child and was therefore closer and was maybe even grieving more. I think they, I think you saw the men and women grieving in different ways, but you, you saw them grieving. And actually you saw that anger come out in the men and the women instead of just the men. They were both able to express themselves on that same spectrum and that in that all of those stages of grief we see kind of in one room which felt really important you know you see all of them cry we see all of them empathize we see them kind of smile even you know it, it never felt like the sexes were being split I think that's really well observed yeah there are no gender stereotypes here really no. and that to me contributed to the believability of these two couples look I've done my accounting there isn't a criticism I haven't heard or placed upon myself We were not impassive, as you've said, 
indifferent. You didn't speak out. You said nothing. We released a statement. That's bullshit. Thoughts and prayers, that's it? When we asked for privacy, we were accused of hiding something. You didn't deserve privacy. You don't deserve privacy. You, sh you should have said something. What should we say? I'm asking you. you no, I'm asking you. No, I don't know. What Said that we when say? it happened, you weren't. You, what should we say? That when it happened, that some part no. of you knew. What should we say? That, that when it happened, that 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 some part of you wasn't surprised. We were surprised. I was thinking about, you know, I wonder if I felt. I don't mean removed from it in a negative way, but just that I could observe it more as a, a film rather than it be too personal in any way. And I know that people who have had children, there are certain films that they can't watch because they're a parent and they find it so difficult putting themselves in those positions. And I wondered if having not had children, if that meant that I was able to almost enjoy it a little bit more without having to really put myself in the position of these mothers. No, I had the same thought, obviously, because, you know, I would imagine if you did have children, it would be even harder to watch. Mm. But also possibly, I mean, I don't know, I'm discussing here, you get even more from it because you can relate to the characters and to what they're saying. But I think either way, it will be incredibly rewarding. Yes. And you probably just go off and hug your children afterwards yes. and feel very fortunate. I watched this with my partner and we were both just sitting there holding hands at the end just quietly. You know, Another film that we watched recently as well, Flea, we had the same sort of experience afterwards where you just wanted to hold each other and just feel incredibly lucky and, you know, really, really make the most of things at the moment, I suppose. Um, but also I wondered how people would feel about this being quite so play-like because I know sometimes that can be a bit jarring. Just to make another quick comparison, we watched The Humans last night with Beanie Feldstein and Amy Schumer and Richard Jenkins. And it's a really interesting film, very, very play-like and was based on a play. And I found that much harder almost to, to grapple with than I did Mass, which is so simple in a four-hander and in one room. And I was trying to think why, and I think it does ultimately come down to the writing. I mean, I always quite like theatrical films when they're done well, because as you say, I mean, to me, some of the most important things in a film is the dialogue, the writing and the performances. And when everything is, is focusing on them, it can be incredibly powerful. But yes, I know what you mean. Sometimes things can feel too theatrical, but this really yes. didn't. And the fact that it was in real time as well, I think, added so much to it because it never felt that we were being hidden from anything. There were no, but oh, what would have happened at that point? We see everything from the moment these couples arrive to the moment they leave. Amazing. Well, Rihanna, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this no today. No worries. Thanks, Anna. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you, as always. What are you up to that the listeners should know about right now? Uh, well, I'm on Six Music every Monday morning with Lauren Laverne from about 9.40 doing reviews. And I also do the Radio Times podcast with Jane Garvey, which comes out every Wednesday. So we talk about TV, streaming. So do have a listen there. And we'll see you very soon is out thank you so much so. again Rihanna cheers that was broadcaster and film critic Rihanna Dillon next up I'm joined by BAFTA nominated actress Anne Dowd who you'll recognise from her fantastic work in The Handmaid's Tale American Animals and more well Anne welcome to Girls on Film thank you so much Anna it's a delight to have you on the podcast we're big fans of your work and Mass is well Mass is just such an extraordinary film incredible performance congratulations on your BAFTA nomination 
Thank you. I'm honored indeed to tell you on behalf of my cast and Fran, I, I couldn't be more thankful. Well, it is an incredible collaborative effort, isn't it? Which I'll, I'll come onto in a minute. But let's start with the beginning and how you got involved. I mean, the script must have been amazing to read. Well, it was sent to me by my manager and agent. I love this about them. They don't tell me anything before reading. So I just sat down and read it, start to finish. Uh, and two thoughts, or I should say feelings. One, who could ever turn this down? It was so beautifully written and intentionally written. Nothing careless in it, all thought through. And strong feeling too was, can I go to this level of grief and remain there in respect to character and to those in the world who suffer these terrible burdens, for lack of a better word? Well, it's a very dark, complex place to go. How did you prepare personally? That's a very good question. Um, You know, we met for for two and a half days to rehearse the five of us. I had not worked with any of them before. I think actors are aware that intimacy and trust is essential to do the work well, particularly in a film like this. So what we did in those two and a half days was to go through text to make sure we all knew what was going on. If there were any bumps, Fran was very collaborative and open, and we sorted those, very few of them. Uh, And then what really happened in that room was that we began to trust one another. It was very clear that we could do so. They're beautiful human beings, aside from wonderful actors and director. And there was a closeness and a trust that happened very, very quickly. That's the ticket to heaven in our world. And so then we all went away for three weeks to our various homes, etc. And during that time, it was a question of sitting with text quietly, getting myself to stay in the silence of it and to not distract myself when it got uncomfortable. Uh, to trust that everything we needed would be there for us, listening and getting the help from all places. You know how that is, intangible places that you couldn't even name because you have put your focus there. I don't know, honestly, that there are words to describe that process. We've all done it for a long time, you know, both on stage and in film. And we had our sea legs, if you will, and knew what it meant to stay at the table, literally and metaphorically. And it was a matter of connecting with one another. It was really a remarkable experience. Um, Certainly one of the most profound of my life without question. Watching it, it really is absolutely riveting. And I just felt that I was in the room with you in this extraordinary, terrible situation, but also a situation where there's so much humanity and exploration of humanity and empathy. Um, Can you talk to me a bit about that from your side and the complexities of, without too many spoilers, but all the many emotions that your character in particular goes through? Yes, Linda, she's, uh, I was drawn to her immediately in the reading of the script. I admired many, many things about her, one of which was when her life, as she knew it, was shattered entirely on every level she knew, the loss of her son, that he took the lives of others, and therefore 
destroying families as they had known themselves. And also that he was in such despair that he took his life and I missed it. I missed the warning, the deep warning that this is going to go further. Also, you know, thinking of Linda as the go-between, the peacemaker between father and son. You know, honey, he doesn't mean to be unkind to you. He, he, he just doesn't know how better to say it. And saying to Richard, you know, please, you've just got to find a gentler way. Don't compare him to his brother. He can't manage it. They're very different people. You know, once this is all shattered, her identities and her willingness to pick up those roles again are completely gone. And what I admire about her is that she remained broken until she could stand up and her decision not to rebuild any of the walls that were so tempted to rebuild defenses. I did the best I could. You know, you, you guys don't know what it's like to be in our position, blah, blah, none of it. She has no expectation of forgiveness in that room. It wouldn't occur to her at this point. She wants to offer a way through and to do so in almost a childlike way, if that makes sense, meaning no filter. Let's just keep moving. And the truth is, we believed we were good parents. And in some awful, confusing way, we still do. Isn't it worse that I thought I was a good mother? I love my children. Other parents, I wasn't so different. How did I do things so differently? It makes it, it's very hard to trust anything anymore. I raised a murderer. So much raw honesty on screen, as you say, and may I congratulate you again on the portrayal because it was, that's just brought back to me how impactful I found your performance. It really was incredible. Thank you very, very much. Were there any particular moments that stand out for you that perhaps you made a very clear decision about how to play it um, that, that perhaps took some time to decide or to discuss? I honestly take very little credit for how any of it came to play. I say that because it all came from the actors in front of me, from the words we were given, and also from that extraordinary character. And it was clear to me early on that she understood and would take the lead in places I did not understand. And so the journey was to take my hands off the controls and allow her to speak for herself. And I cannot imagine a more profound and extraordinary privilege than that. Well, everything rests on all four of you, doesn't it? And I just thought your co-stars were extraordinary. When you'd finished filming, it must have been a very emotional experience. What kind of did you share with each other after that? Well, I, I don't know if it's from my experience in the theatre, but I remember working with a Russian director, first job out of New York, and he was so extraordinary. He didn't speak English, it was all Russian through a translator. And the sacredness of the rehearsal space and of all that went on, I remember when we moved then into the theater, I could never enter that room again because that experience was over. And I had never had that response. And at the end of mass, I wanted to share a song with the cast and we sat and they were very tolerant of me. I loved them so. And we just sat and listened to the song and then went our separate ways. 
a way of acknowledging the extraordinary nature of that experience. And we are very close. Um, we've Zoomed many, many times. Uh, I would say without question that we love one another and uh, they are family to me. Do you mind me asking what the song was? It was Tony Childs. I don't remember the name. I had known it for a very long time and I remember listening to it when I was rehearsing that play for the Russian director. I was alone and it was very powerful. It sounds like a fitting way to end an extraordinary experience. I wanted to come back a little bit to something you were saying about her as a mother and a sort of go-between between the father and son because we're a feminist film podcast and always interested in representations of women and mothers on screen. What interested you particularly about her as a woman and, you know, in terms of the gender dynamic within her family and within that room? I speak for this character um, and for my experience of being a woman and a mother. You know, as a mother, a woman, a mother has a connection to a child that is, uh, I think, the deepest of anything on this earth. And the need to protect, having held that child, having that child grow inside of you, gives you um, a kind of connection that is without words in its completeness, if you will. It is not to say that fathers are not profoundly close to their children. They are, but it's different in my understanding. And also for a woman like Linda, the fact that Richard cannot express his feelings, that somehow to express feelings is a sign of weakness or perhaps fear that you cannot survive the intensity of your feelings. And that I think is Richard's place. and. When you have children, and especially if one is suffering, you stay in the game regardless, because you have to. Everything in you says you must, I just don't even have the words as never a second thought. Now, we actually met, Fran and I, an extraordinary woman who lost her daughter at the Sandy Hook shooting. She was remarkable, I mean remarkable. Uh, Fran and I just wept. because there is a woman who lived it, you know, and we are playing it. It is not the real world for us. And she was very clear. She had found her way to forgiveness. Her marriage did not survive, um, and she was very open about it. She said, you cannot make the decision not to grieve. I, 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 I remember always feeling this growing up a strong empathy for men because it was clear to me early on that the expression of vulnerability and emotions is somehow, I don't know how the message comes to them that it's not okay, but it makes life so much harder. I'm generalizing here, but I I think that's very true for Richard. There's just no way to do it. And even Gail's husband thinking that the problem is his wife's problem that you can attend to everything outside of your feelings, gun control, whatever it might be in this film. And he comes to the place of realizing, yes, you have to feel what you feel.
male vulnerability and seeing it portrayed responsibly on screen is something we often talk about on Girls on Film. It's just as important as seeing complex female characters is seeing men being allowed to be vulnerable when they've felt that they haven't been allowed to be, um, you know, and the expectations that are put on them. I loved how this film just explored the gender dynamic in, in a very non-cliched way as well, though. I don't feel, you know, no one fell into any kind of trope on that front. It was a really incredibly sophisticated script. What kind of reactions have you had from people? I'm sure you've had some very, very powerful responses to this film. You know, it's been so wonderful, Anna, and it's true in the UK uh, and also in the US. When we have screenings and there are Q&As, every audience is different, surely, but almost without exception, those that are so moved to consider their own lives that it allows them to take a step toward healing is the most remarkable thing. And, you know, the, the walls were down for us in those screenings, in those rooms. We connected with one another, often without words, but knowing we understood, which is what human beings are meant to do. And that, to me, was just remarkable. And how powerful to see that in a room full of people in a cinema who are experiencing that for the first time. And their willingness to stay in the room, you know? Well, yeah, I think that's another thing I love about this film is that it, however difficult it is, you feel you have to. You owe it to the characters to feel their pain. We, we really, really love this film and I'm a big fan of your career in general. It feels like a very exciting stage. What's next for you? What are you up to now? Well, I'm in Toronto, cold, snowy Toronto. Um, doing Handmaid's Tale. We're doing season five and we're in our first block. And so I've been here about two weeks now. I don't suppose you can give us any hints as to what we might be able to expect. I don't know if this is useful to anyone, but I'll tell you, season five, you'd think I'd be used to where this story might go. These episodes that I've read, the first three, are so extraordinary. The writers have just, literally, I just thought, you're kidding just didn't see these things coming and they make tremendous sense, but took me totally by surprise. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty darn thrilling, I will say. Wow, okay, can't wait. You heard it here first, brilliant. Well, Anne, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank so you so much. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for joining Girls on Film. Thank you and thank you. Thanks for listening to Girls on Film. I was talking with Rihanna Dillon and Anne Dowd. Mass is available to watch now on Sky Cinema. Girls on Film is an HLA production, brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, audio producer Benjamin Cook, assistant producer Shania Pithia, and our partners for this episode, Sky Cinema. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. even make sense even and I was I lost it